0: episode 89 of so talk to me i'm samantha
1: and i'm josh what up i'm i'm doing good just a little tired
0: a little tired me too yeah we're both tired my allergies are bothering me it's made me tired but so yeah welcome to so talk to me we uh what's up we are a husband and wife podcast We exist to encourage communication between spouses, Mm -hmm. Um, and so we just sit at our dining room table and talk to each other about stuff.
1: Whatever's on our (laughs) brains. Hopefully, it's something good that's on our brains, but sometimes, I mean, I'm not going to say when, but sometimes it's not as good as others. (laughs) That's all I'll say.
0: So how was your day?
1: Um, my day's been good. Uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. I woke up and, and did a workout that ended up going a lot longer than I had kind of expected. But I was like, hey, I've got time. I'll just keep going. So I was on the elliptical for, I know it was over an hour and a half. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of kept going. Because I was playing my video game while I was on the elliptical. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'd look down. Because I wanted to do two cycles, so like an hour. And then after that, I was like, oh, I can keep going. Why not? Let's let's just keep going. Let's just see what happens. (laughs) And then after a while, I'm like, I want to hit 1,000 calories. Let's do that. 1,000?
0: Jeez. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So it was, yeah. Yeah, it was somewhere. It was over an hour and a half. I don't know if it was an hour 45. doesn't matter. But once I hit the 1,000 calories, I was like,
0: okay, we're good. I'll do that. All so, right.
1: So uh, that's part of the reason why I'm tired. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what sense. I'm saying because that's how I started my day. Yeah, because first it was like I wanted to get a 10,000 steps in, and then that happened. I was like, oh, I'll just keep going. Why not? Then I'll just look at calories. Oh, so that was fun. Um, and then you went for a chiropractic consultation yep. this morning. So I had the kids. We were hanging out this morning. And then um, a coworker of mine started Taco Thursdays, um, where we check out a new taco place, a group of us from work. Um, and it's that's a whole story in and of itself, because he is not very good at organizing things. He'd invited <laughs> people on staff. Technically, I'm going to throw him under the bus here for a second. He invited <laughs> all the millennials on staff because he said he figured it was kind of a millennial thing to do, you know, like try out new, new yeah, places. because
0: only millennials like tacos.
1: No, but just like, <laughs> you know, people who are more like hip to the new places around Austin. And so he wanted to get, basically he wanted to get other recommendations from other millennials about where to go. But word leaked out because the way that he invited us had absolutely no details. It was just an <laughs> invitation to Taco Thursdays and uh, he, he did it through like the website we use for volunteering for our church and so like it just said that you have an invite to volunteer uh, yeah to serve and then you click on it and it the 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 title he had given the service opportunity was Taco Tuesdays and then your particular role would be an eater.
0: Taco Thursdays.
1: Taco Thursday. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. And that's all that it said. It literally gave no information about like going to a new taco place every time we do this or, you know, or why you were invited for the first place. So like when I got the invite a few weeks ago, I was like, is this for a group of us? Like, are we catering something? (laughs) Like I have, I literally had no idea until I talked to him about it a couple of days ago. And then he gave me the whole spiel and I was like, oh, okay. See, that makes more sense. And so it was this weird thing. And then some people told other people about it. So some people on staff were upset that they weren't invited. Okay, I was, was... going
0: to say, like, why make it an exclusively millennial thing? Like,
1: It's not anymore. Good. But Good. initially, that was the idea behind it. So anyways, uh, that's my little story. I, I, We went to a taco place uh, in downtown Austin. And it was, I got to hand it to you, to him it was a fantastic taco that I ate. I only had one. I intentionally ate kind of a, a a big breakfast, especially after, you know, being on the elliptical all morning
0: after working off a thousand calories. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I need some protein. So I made some eggs in addition to a smoothie. So, um, so I also, cause I didn't want to (sighs) like tacos are great. I love tacos. Like tacos are basically like a comfort food for me. I can eat tacos all the time. Um, but the problem is that I could eat tacos all the time. (laughs) And so I didn't want to order, you know, the the tacos are like three, $4. I didn't want to order a ton of them. Yeah. You know, I wanted to go easy on it. So I figured I'd just order one and a couple of the people who were there ordered like chips and salsa and chips and guac for everyone for the whole table. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. then I'll just order one taco. If I'm still hungry, I'll get another one. Mm -hmm. But one taco was fine. Um, and it was it was delicious. It was a steak fajita taco mm. with chorizo. Ooh. And cheese. That really good like sort of melty yet at the same time kind of solid cheese. I don't remember what it's called. Is it white? Yes. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I would not have that. it was recommended to me to get this particular taco. Like
0: the kind of cheese that Aranda's uses? Yes. In their tacos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, yeah, that's so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, my my friend who set this up, he'd been to this place before and he recommended that particular taco um as well as another one like a like a el pastor taco and I but that one had pineapple in it and I was like, "Uh, eh, I'm not really feeling like a tropical tasting taco <laughs> at the moment." Um but I did not realize until I took like two bites how well fajita steak and chorizo go together.
0: Interesting. Like,
1: those are two things that I would never have thought to put together, but my goodness, they (laughs) went really well together. You
0: never said the name of this place.
1: It's called One Taco. One? One Taco. Okay. O-N-E, Taco. There's a, in North Austin, they have like a a storefront, but this was just a taco truck outside of a bar downtown, uh, Little Woodrow's. It's like connected to the bar, but it's a taco truck.
0: On 6th? Mm-hmm. Wow, y'all went all the way down there.
1: <laughs> so it's funny um, <laughs> because one of the people who were invited was like, That is really far. Like, why do we have to go all the way downtown? And he, because th- my friend is, he, he's kind of, I'll just say he's eccentric um, <laughs> and kind of loud. He was like, It's only like five miles away. It's not that bad. <laughs> um, why is everyone freaking out? It's but just on the parking other side of Parking the down river. there is really
0: annoying. Right. And That's traffic was
1: terrible getting There's, back. Yeah. It's Which
0: Thursday. is crazy, yeah. Right, One thirty on a Thursday. Well, Thursdays are really bad with traffic, and Thursdays and Fridays are really bad with traffic. In That's crazy.
1: That's great. I didn't realize how bad it was going to be. But so sorry, you asked me about my day. <laughs> that was how my day. So started, most of it, and then was spent
0: I worked. at a taco place and driving back to work. <laughs> no, not not most of it,
1: but just a chunk of the afternoon. <laughs> and then it was preparation for. Sunday and getting my teams together, making sure everything was ready on the stage for rehearsal tonight. So um and then it was rehearsal. So it's fun. It was it was it was a good day. I'm just I'm just tired. My my Fitbit says that I've taken twenty eight thousand steps today. So I'm just uh I, I like sitting down. This is nice. Sixteen point one two miles. It's fun. I don't know if I'm ever gonna get over that. So Okay. <laughs> How was your day, New my record. love?
0: Um, it was good. It was busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's today's Thursday, and on Thursdays I watch um my cousin's daughter Ezra, and so have our two kids and Ezra, um, and they're not usually like super crazy but um yeah they they were a little crazy today (laughs) gotcha um and yeah come to think of it i haven't i think the only other time that i've sat this much that i like i'm sitting now the only other time today that i've sat this much was when i was at the chiropractic office getting my <laughs> consultation, so yeah, that kind of tells you how not chill my day was <laughs> yeah, um but but yeah, it was still good, you know, they're alive,
1: yeah, kids did, are alive, doing
0: well, they're sleeping right now, so overall successful day. Yeah. It's been a little
1: <laughs> bit since they've gotten sick too. So.
0: It has. It's been a it's been a really long time actually since they've gotten sick and there have been other kids around them that have gotten sick and Whoa. they haven't gotten sick. So um Yeah, praise God for that.
1: Amen.
0: <laughs> but yeah, my allergies have been bothering me today, so been really sneezy sort of getting a cough and so sorry if you hear me coughing or sneezing or sniffing a lot that's why it also just makes me really tired which makes makes me less patient unfortunately yay yay that sanctification so um but yeah it's it's nighttime. We're recording our podcast. I'm here with you. It's just the two of us and our listeners. And yeah, I like this time. It's nice. This is a special time.
1: I feel like you should have a <laughs> glass of wine as you as you say that.
0: No, that would make me even more tired. That's true. That's true. Maybe
1: that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know, since things are just so chill and easygoing um let's talk about something controversial
0: <laughs> last week wasn't controversial enough yeah
1: exactly
0: which i actually i think i forgot to share that episode entirely so whoa, whoops <laughs> sorry facebook page if anyone even follows that at all
1: yeah we get a couple likes every once in a while <laughs> there are people watching waiting for commiserating memes Miserating what?
0: <laughs> it just reminded me of that. Was that Blink One Eighty
1: Two? Watching,
0: waiting, commiserating. Say it ain't so. I will not go. Turn the lights off. Carry me. Na 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 na. You don't know that song?
1: I believe you. I believe that's a, the Blink One Eighty Two song. I just never really followed Blink One Eighty Two. Oh man, they were. I couldn't. I couldn't get past. What's this? I'm alone face's in voice. my
0: song reference yet again.
1: I mean, it, like, yeah. I know that's a <laughs> song. I know I've heard that song. It just. I don't know. Blink was never a never a thing for me.
0: They were on the radio. Which is weird.
1: Yeah, yeah. So.
0: That's how I listened to them.
1: <laughs> uh, actually, okay. Before before we go totally controversial. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, and before I forget, because there's no other way to bring this up, uh, was something that one of my coworkers showed me when we were at lunch. Um, it, this is great. We'll have to, I'll, I'll throw a link to somewhere that actually has this in the description, but you should check it out. So uh, popular songs on the radio. How about um, Smash Mouth, All Star. You know, we've referenced this before. A few um, times. A couple times and a couple uh, titles. And a couple other podcasts titles. as well. <laughs> um, there, she showed me this hilarious thing. It is where they took the lyrics from All Star and translated it into Aramaic. Okay. And then they translated that back into English. Oh gosh. So it's basically like the King James version <laughs> of All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> and it's absolutely hilarious. Let me let me pull up some of it.
0: It's not going to be too loud is it?
1: Oh no, it's text. I'm oh, going to okay. read it um <laughs> sorry um okay so uh, i'm gonna skip the first couple of this first couple of lines um why
0: are they inappropriate but, no no oh, there's okay. nothing
1: wrong and, and it's it's pretty short i just didn't want to have to read the entire thing okay on air um okay so this is starting off where the years start coming they don't stop coming uh, behold, the years begin coming and do not cease from coming. Fed unto the axioms and I fell upon the earth and ran. It was not acceptable if not to live for the sake of pleasurable things. Your brain increases its wisdom, but your heart increases its stupidity. A great amount to do, a great amount to see. Therefore, there is no difficult problem if we take the streets of the backside.
0: Wow, Smash Mouth actually sounds poetic. <laughs> your brain increases
1: its wisdom, but your heart increased it increases its stupidity. <laughs> I love that. This is great. So we'll throw a link if you want to read the whole thing. I mean, it's not, it's, it's just, that was half of it. Okay, it's not the whole thing, but um, it was pretty funny. And I think if you want to laugh, go check that out. <laughs> um, popular songs in King James English. And it's funny because she was like, I wonder then how much of, You know, like the Bible that we read today was actually way more colloquial and way more like chill than we sometimes read it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if something is dumb as Smash Mouth, when it's translated into and then back from Aramaic, can sound so
0: well. A couple of the the apostles, the way they wrote was. I know the way they wrote in the Greek was a, just a very, like, lowly, common way of talking. Yes,
1: yeah, it's Koine Greek. Yeah. Yeah, which is, yeah, the commoner's Greek. And, yeah, I mean, Paul drops the on word as well. Yeah. So, um, if you don't know what we're talking about, I don't know, Google it or something. I don't want to go... It s-h-i-t basic i mean it was a it, okay i guess we're gonna go into it anyway <laughs> it's a it's a harsh way of saying excrement yes um so it would have it would have offended his readers mm-hmm. basically by using that particular word so a common well not common but it basically the usage in english would make sense to, to say that word yeah um anyways this is a child friendly podcast so i'm not gonna say it (laughs) even though you know full disclosure i don't mind hearing and or saying that word um in common parlance i don't very often in front of people because i understand people can take offense to it um but i don't want to throw an explicit tag on this podcast so
0: just for one word
1: right right so let's talk about women preachers (laughs)
0: What a segue. I mean, I guess I don't have to put any (laughs)
1: any explicit tags on that. Just trigger (laughs) warning. I don't know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? What if, what if you had to put trigger warnings on podcasts?
0: That would be crazy. I can only imagine.
1: It's probably not that far away actually before you do have to start like putting trigger in, in addition to like little explicit stickers, you're going to have to put trigger warnings on things.
0: Well, I think don't, Podcasts that are explicit don't they use an explicit warning? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's definitely a thing. I'm saying like in addition to that, what if there's just like a trigger? Like this is a triggering podcast. You could, oh yeah, you could be triggered. I don't care memes and all. But anyways, if you're triggered by two people having a conversation, maybe you should chill out a little bit, (laughs) or maybe you should just listen to us and come to your own conclusions. I don't know. Um, anyways, no, actually we say, yeah, we say it's controversial, but probably maybe not to the people who listen to this podcast. I don't know. We'll see. Come like, yeah. Like I said, just listen to what we have to say and, and see, evaluate the argumentation.
0: Yeah. The topic isn't so much women pastors as it is, whether or not women are permitted to be in that office. Um,
1: I'm confused. What's the difference?
0: Well, because we're not talking about women who are pastors.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Cause that's an oxymoron
0: pretty much, but we're get we'll get into that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, well, no, I, well, I want to explain why we're talking about this in the first place. Okay. So, um, yeah. I don't know if we've have, if, if we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but, um, It has come out fairly recently um, that there has been a lot of uh, abuse within the SBC. That's Mm -hmm. the Southern Baptist Convention. That a lot of the men in authority have abused their roles as overseers Um, in In many ways, Um, but there's been a lot of talk about that, which is good. That should be out in the open, Um, Mm. and those men should be should receive the just consequences.
1: So, okay. So, just to be clear, you said in many ways, like there's been abuse in many ways. Right. You're specifically talking about sexual abuse and/or covering up sexual scandal. Right.
0: Um. Well, there's that, but then there's also just um, just abuse of their authority. Okay. Uh. uh, With, I mean, finances and um.
1: Has that been rampant throughout the SBC? I mean, recently. Well, just I'm
0: just I'm collecting all of those within the umbrella of abuse.
1: Okay. Okay. I just wanted to be clear because, like, the sexual abuse stuff has recently come out within yes. the SBC. Because yes. you mentioned the SBC. I don't want I don't want to like, you know, just start throwing darts like here's some random stuff that's happened. Like no, this the sexual aspect of it is, is big what has, because that right. has that has been exposed similar to like the way that the Catholic Church had recently been exposed for, right. for similar, right. not to the same extent um, but only similar in that, that those things have. But yes, there are other issues of abuse, not necessarily particular to the SBC though as a, as a denomination. Anyways, I, I just wanted to clarify that.
0: Okay. Um, so yes, all of that has been unveiled, which is a good thing. Um, mm. But there have been a lot of people, specifically just on social media, calling for a woman to be the president of the SBC um, because they think that somehow that would fix the problem of the abuse. And I know Beth Moore has been suggested to be a potential candidate for that Mm -hmm. presidency. Um, and so there's just been a, a big frenzy on social media over, you know, people wanting that and people not wanting that (laughs) and just the back and forth of that. Um, so I want to start off by saying that these men who are committing the abuse they need to be held accountable for their actions. Mm -hmm. They need the just consequences. (laughs) They need to be fired, for one. Um, Mm -hmm. And what would be best is if they were like, put on a list or something that, I don't even know if that exists, but like some list that you could go to and see when you know you're trying to hire a pastor that like if if someone is on this list who has committed committed abuse that so you would know and not hire that person does that mm-hmm. make sense yeah um
1: sounds like a potentially uh, uh, uh effective business proposition <laughs>
0: um abusive
1: pastor list. Dot, <laughs> dot com. No, I'm just kidding
0: Anyways, all that to say is that these men have committed grievous sins and they need to be, they need to receive the just punishment. mm mm-hmm. um, But solving a sin issue or I should say trying to solve a sin issue with more sin does not make sense. Mm-hmm. Um And I say, yes, I am saying that putting a woman in that position would be sin because I do believe that scriptures teach that women are not to exercise spiritual authority over men.
1: Mm-hmm. You took a pause there and I was like, uh, I'm getting a little nervous, but yeah.
0: What?
1: Well, right after you said spiritual authority, because I was like, no, like women can, you know, like teach other women and (laughs) children. Right. And then you said over (laughs) men. I'm like, okay, yes, completely agree. (laughs) This isn't going to be an antagonistic podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything you want to add to that?
1: No, I mean, I, I think that makes sense. I do, um... I I mean, I think that's a good point. We haven't quite, you know, gotten to our position outside of saying that, again, clearly we've alluded to it, that we do not believe that the office of pastor or elder, you know, however you divide those, if you see them divided at all, um, should not be held by a woman woman, um, because, yeah, because it is exercising spiritual authority over a man. Um, and we do think that the scripture is pretty clear about that. Uh we'll get into that in just a second, uh, why we believe that. But um yeah, I, I do think that it it's a very good point that you're making, simply because as I've like attempted to look into the other side, because I do think there are some there there are a lot of really stupid arguments um for I was going to say going against scripture, but I, I'm sorry. I, I should be a little bit more charitable. There are a lot of stupid arguments for um, for interpreting the scriptures a, a particular way. Okay, um, that would that would downplay some of the things that Paul says and or just interpret it culturally. Okay, mm-hmm. there are a lot of dumb arguments, but there are a few well reasoned arguments as well. I, the, I think like what you're saying, it it is a very, um, it's not a very good argument to say that simply because the vast majority of abuse of, of the abuse of spiritual authority within the church occurs by men because men are supposed to hold the spiritual authority in the church. Right. <laughs> so of course they would be the ones who would abuse it because they're the only ones who have the opportunity to abuse it. Right. Um, just because of that, then therefore we ought to have more women in leadership. Like I see logically how you would put that together. If you throw out the portions of scripture that talk about that, which again, we haven't, we haven't right. quite laid out yet. Um,
0: that that's also assuming that women are somehow less inherently sinful than men that they wouldn't abuse that position as well.
1: Yeah, it's naive. Um, I mean, again, attempting to be charitable, maybe that they would be able to see certain types of, of sin a little bit more easily. And so they would balance out the men. Does that make sense? Cause we all believe men and women are different. Right. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, and yeah, in general, women don't commit sexual abuse as much as men do. Right.
1: Exactly. So, so if they would, if there are more women in, in leadership, then therefore they would be able to, there would be checks and balances in place to prevent other men from doing that. Right. Does that make sense? Again, attempting to be a little bit, yeah, charitable here.
0: But the Um, actual issue is, is that these men were not qualified to be in the position that they were in. Um, and so what we need is qualified men, mm-hmm. not women.
1: Right. Well, and this is, a whole, this is not um, the purpose of this podcast, but I think also the scripture is pretty clear on the plurality of elders. Um, not that every church model needs to be the same, but that leadership within the church, I, I don't think was ever intended to be centralized except by Jesus himself, right? (laughs) but then he ascended and, and, you know, uh, he is the head of the church. Right. So we don't have in our local congregations, we don't have a head. Jesus is that head. And so therefore we, we, you know, uh, I grew up at a church um, that, that um, I would say disintegrated in a large, part due to the fact that it was all on the shoulders of one man in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, even when there were installed el- elders, um, there there were only a couple that I ever recall. Um, and I, I want to be careful because I don't want to slander the place. It's where I grew up. It's where, you know, I learned a lot of um, spiritual disciplines. So I don't want to slander the church, but I think one of the huge, issues with it was that it was built around one man mm-hmm. um, who was the lead pastor and um i so i am I am very uh sensitive to that when I see it in other churches centralized yeah. power within a church is not is never a good thing right um but I don't think then yeah like you said, therefore we ought to bring in. Men and women to decentralize power. No, that's not. That's not what Scripture says. Right. So, so with that, we can take a look at the Scripture. Unless yes. you, you had somewhere else you wanted to go.
0: No, I wanted to go to the to to the Scriptures also. specifically. First Timothy is that where you were going to? Yeah,
1: 1 Timothy and Titus are right. the two kind of main places. Mm-hmm. Um, I do just want to cut something off before we even kind of jump into it is that um, a lot, and I alluded to this earlier, a lot of times these passages are downplayed because they are assumed to be culturally... um, Influenced. Yes, yeah. And I will say there is, I mean, (laughs) the scriptures are certainly a product of their culture right? in that... They were written to a specific people at a specific time. But we also believe that God himself inspired the scriptures. So it is for all time. Now, some scriptures do address very particular issues, okay? So I'm not saying that 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 is impossible to happen. But specifically with these scriptures that talk about the role of pastor and elder and spiritual authority within the church, Paul himself gives his reasons as to why he he th- makes these statements. So while there may be cultural influence in, in some form and fashion, Paul does not base his arguments on his cultural influence. He actually bases it on other things as we'll see when we get into it. Right. So we need to take Paul at his word and not automatically assume that he was addressing a particular issue in a church. Um, we have to actually look at what he's saying, not what we assume that he's saying based on things that were happening at the time.
0: Right. And context is very important. Yes. Um, so, we're getting into the first Timothy text. And so some context surrounding this book in general um, is that he's, he's writing to Timothy um, who is in Ephesus at this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's specifically writing to Timothy because there are, um, there are some false teachers going on or that, that are there in the church at Ephesus and so he's writing to Timothy to encourage him, in, in basically correcting those teachers and correcting the false teaching that uh, is going on, and some mm-hmm. behaviors as a result of it. So you see, you see Paul address um, men and women um, specifically because there are. There was a lot of division going on uh, in this church at this time. Also, in this time period where they were, um, you know, in Rome, that there were a lot of um, female priestesses in the pagan churches and Mm. a lot of... um, a lot of female gods that were worshipped mm-hmm. in that culture. So I hear the argument of a lot of, oh, it's it's just a Paul's just sexist and he's just saying that because it's it's that's how the culture was back then. They just hated women, and Paul was just being sexist because he's just a product of his culture well no like (laughs) the women were actually um yes in in rome women were treated as property but there were Mm -hmm. also um women priestesses there were also female gods that were worshipped um so it wasn't (laughs) paul wasn't sexist (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so it's, it's very important to know the context of what you're reading. So just wanted to give a little bit of that before we jumped into it. Um,
1: yeah, I, I've read the other side of that, though, is that Paul was specifically addressing um, this issue with contentious women because women in this particular area, um, because of the worship of Artemis, that um, women believe that they, they were um, you know, able to do these things in in church. They were able to lead. They were able to um, be loud. I mean, basically the opposite of what Paul is saying here, you know, be loud and, and lead within the church. And so Paul was only addressing this specific church because of the things that were happening at the time. And that's why I'm saying, well, no, because Paul never even mentions Like, yes, it is good to know the context of what was going on at the time, but Paul's argument is not based on, well, your women are, you know, doing these things. And so you need to, you know, make sure that you're, that you're, uh, that they're being submissive. Like that's, that's not what he's saying. Um, He actually bases his argument on creation, right? which is what, yeah, which is what we'll see here. So we can't assume too much. Like yes, context is is really good, but we can't therefore dismiss. Like take context so far that we assume Paul's intentions and dismiss the broad um, application of what he's saying. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I want to start in verse eight of chapter two of verse of First Timothy. So. I desire that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Um, So it's important to note that, so he's writing to Timothy, who is an overseer in a church, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So when he's talking about every place, he's specifically talking about in the places of worship. He's talking about um, the worship, corporate worship service essentially yeah. is what he is. The context of his letter. Um, and then in verse nine, likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. So Paul's not actually concerned about actual attire or jewelry. He, what he's concerned about is the attitude that goes along with that because in this time, you showed your status by what you wore.
1: Mm. Well, I don't think it was just in that time, but yeah. <laughs>
0: But it it was very, how do I, I don't know if this is the right word, but like they were very gaudy with how they did it. Like a lot of gold jewelry, like it's, you know, not just like one pretty diamond ring that obviously cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was like gold jewelry all over them, like. Hair and lots of braids, like it was very elaborate. Basically, Mm -hmm. is what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. Um, which showed your wealth status. Okay. Um, So what he's what he's getting at here is an attitude, not necessarily just clothes and jewelry, right? Um, And then in verse eleven, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. What do you think he means by quietly there?
1: Not rambunctiously. not
0: Right. Like not like. Respectfully. Right. Basically. Not yelling out in the middle of the service while the pastor is preaching, Mm -hmm. trying to correct him or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which that would go for men too, that they wouldn't do that to their pastor. Yeah. Well. Um,
1: I'm trying to think where else he, he talks about that. I mean, like when scripture talks about like how the the gathering of the saints, you know like we, we talk about church services, that's a simple it's a simple parlance for today. but I mean it's it's basically just when the saints gather together to worship God on, particularly on the Lord's day, right mm-hmm. um, the, But when Scripture talks about that, there is order. Right, there are things that need to be done. Preaching the word, um, sacraments are part of that as well. Like there, there is an order to right w- the worshiping God, and and so like, yeah, he's just saying that we need to learn in <laughs> learn in an environment that is conducive to learning. Right, it does encourage participation. Um, like scripture as a whole, maybe not necessarily this particular scripture, but uh, so, so yes, you ought to be participating in the, in the worship, but um, it, there's also a level of order that needs to be there as well.
0: So, right. Anyways. And respect. Yeah. In verse 12, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet for Adam was formed first then Eve and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Why did I say it like that? Transgressor. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is really particularly where people become triggered. Yeah. Um,
1: well, the next, the next verse too, but
0: <laughs> Oh, the yet she will be saved through childbearing. Yeah. Well, Paul's just still referencing back to creation and what God had told to Eve.
1: Right, right. I'm just saying it, it like you you read it and you can get triggered. You're like, what the <laughs> heck is going on here? That's all I meant.
0: Um But yeah, so I mean it's I don't think it's um it's very grey. Right. <laughs> what he's trying to get at. Yeah. Um, he s- says that it is it not permitted mm-hmm. that a woman would teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Now, does that mean that women can't be gifted at teaching or leading? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: no i I don't think this has to do with ability. This has to do with role. yes, and again, I think if you're following Paul's argument, it that naturally comes from what he's saying because he takes it back to Adam and Eve, right like the first man and woman so So if you follow what he's saying, he says, Adam was created first. And and Eve was created as his helper. Mm -hmm. She was created after him. So therefore, Adam is in authority over his wife, Eve, Mm -hmm. right? And And then he talks about how Eve was deceived. When those roles were reversed and the serpent addressed the woman who was not to be in authority over the man... Yet she was the one who made the decision. And it was like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying she was the only one in the wrong there. Like Adam was right there allowing it to happen. Right. Um, he, was he was being very passive. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And and just letting her take the reins uh, in address, in talking with this serpent who <laughs> was saying to, oh, well, you know, God didn't really mean that. And and she was the one who was deceived by the serpent because their roles were reversed. So Paul is talking about gender roles specifically, and he's talking about those roles, how they play out within the church context, right? not in, not in humanity at large. Right. He's not saying women can never teach men in any context. Yeah, and he's not That's saying not that
0: all, we- all men have authority over all women. Right,
1: right. Specifically in the church context, um, he says, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. So it, you have to be very careful because, because, okay, we talked about like the reason that we're talking about this is because of abuse. Right. Right. Um, I, I think it's, it's an abuse of the scriptures to say that women can be pastors because I think scripture like this makes it pretty clear. Right. On the other end, I think there is also a lot of abuse from the more complementarian side, that um, that goes too far with these statements, right? Like you said, this is not all men have authority over all women.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, this is not a statement on value. This is not a statement on worth or ability. Right. Um. Th- th- yeah. We. I think that is a slippery. It can be a slippery slope. Um, that we have to be very careful as Christians not to fall down, not to see a sister in Christ as as less capable than a brother in Christ. That's not what this verse teaches. Right. This verse simply says that there are there is an office of teaching and uh, have exercising authority within the church. That role is to be filled by men by and as we'll see, when we jump to our next verses, that role is only to be filled by qualified men.
0: Right. So. Should we address that verse
1: 15? I I mean, we don't, if you want to, but it, do, it doesn't really have anything to do with the, I guess what we're necessarily about, like the authority of, I don't know. Yeah. It's pastors. just
0: a, a furtherance of, Paul referring back to the created order. Yeah. It's actually, I think, I think because he knew that this was going to be a hard word, um, that he was expressing that he put that he said, verse 15, yes, she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control to actually build up the woman. Mm-hmm. Who might feel torn down because of this. Mm. Because only women can bear children.
1: Right. Right. And
0: And it was through a woman that the Savior came.
1: Right. I, I don't think it's coincidental that he immediately was just talking about Adam and Eve and the fall, because immediately after the fall, God prophesies that that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. So mm-hmm. I think there's an allusion that Paul's making as well to Jesus himself, right? And how he was born, how he came to earth through a woman, right? As well. So I I think there's that allusion as well. Uh, I I will say this is uh, this is not an easy passage in terms of just interpretation. Like I'm not sure exactly 100 what Paul is saying here, and that's yeah, that's that's why I said it doesn't necessarily have to do with the role of pastor although he he di- is using it here in in that same context so forgive me if i'm overstepping i don't know 100% what paul is saying but i think there th- that you can see these certain things like you said i do think he's he's building up women he does not have a low view of women right um sorry i laugh because that's
0: well a lot people of women served alongside of paul yeah
1: yeah so.
0: which i mean i guess we could go into that of how people will say that women can be pastors because there were a lot of women who were leaders within the church in scripture um which that's true yeah there were a lot of great women who showed great leadership in scripture That goes to show you that women can be leaders too, but leaders, they didn't hold any spiritual authority. What they did was evangelize, which we're all called to do.
1: Okay. You specifically said that they were leaders within the church. Um, I want to get a little bit of, I disagree with that. Like, where do you see a woman who's a leader within the church? I I think you do see Priscilla, Priscilla, and Akula. her and her husband. Mm-hmm. How they well in that case they took who who were they talking to? Uh, Apollo's right. They mm-hmm. took him aside and spoke with him and taught him right. Right. So it was like a a husband wife that was not right. It was not a. Uh, a spiritual authority. It was not like a pastor. It was, they didn't even call him out when they saw that he was teaching improper things, right. They were very respectful and, and uh, informally taught him the scriptures. Um, I, th- I think the wording that you used earlier that they were leaders within the church can be confusing.
0: Well, there are many women leaders within the church who are not pastors well i'm not saying leaders and pastors are the same thing okay okay (laughs) okay i
1: just i just wanted clarity on what you were saying (laughs) because maybe you
0: should have waited until i was done with what i was (laughs) saying okay (laughs) um but yeah that none of those women held spiritual authority i mean you see in uh i think it is in Titus later, where Paul tells women to lead younger women um, and teach them. So yes, women can be gifted in teaching and and leading and evangelism, and they should exercise those gifts, um, but we're not permitted as women to be in a position of an overseer, which we will get into now in chapter 3 of 1 Timothy. Okay, so chapter 3, which are the qualifications for overseers. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband He must not be a recent convert or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. So you may have noticed that I was emphasizing some pronouns. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because all through the listing of the qualifications, it's specifically he or him, specifically male pronouns. It's not they.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think um, in addition to that, it does specifically like when it talks about... When it does change over to talking about a woman, it is specifically in relation to the man as a wife. Mm-hmm. So it's not even that these are neuter words either. It specifically uses the gender, the male pronoun, and then contrasts it with the female pronoun. Um, I think the other thing about this chunk of verses and one of the things that makes it hard, especially in our um, in our culture, um, is that this was written from a worldview that it, it, that is complementary to the way that these roles are within the church. It is complementary to, or no, excuse me. It is um, it's the same as the way that it's enacted within the house, within the household, within a family unit is that the, the men have the authority because it talks about how men ought to be able to manage their house, how they ought to be keeping their children submissive, that he must manage his household well. So it comes from um, this worldview that says that men ought to be leaders within the home and also within the church. So, they, they, it, it goes together. Um, you can't, they're not divorced from each other. Okay. So, when the culture says that, well, men and women aren't different within the marriage relationship, when they have the same roles um, in parenting relationships and things like that, well, then, yeah, then you take that and you superimpose that upon the church structure as well um and you make men and women the same but paul here is saying that that's not the case that just as it is within the household so too it is within the household of god that men uh qualified men are to have authority within the church because the men that one of the qualifications is that you are fulfilling that role within your household there, it's not just arbitrary rules for the church. It is an entire worldview that I believe this scripture sets forth because again, Paul um, uses the Creation. relationship of Adam and Eve. Yeah. yeah, the very first man and woman and their their relationship in which Adam was created and Eve was created as a helper, as a helpmate for Adam. And um, it's... Sorry, I, I don't want to just gloss over this. When I say "helper," because I've used it a few times, that is not a derogatory term. Um, Jesus Himself called the Holy Spirit our helper, and Jesus did not demean the Holy Spirit when He said that. That is a very, um, that is a very high calling. Okay, so please don't hear just, just because that word. Just because we use that word for you know four year olds when we want them to (laughs) feel like they're a part of something um, along with mommy and daddy, that's not what there is. There is a richness to that word that we see in the scripture um, that may not communicate as well to
0: twenty first century. More appropriate word would be "azer," which is what it is in the Greek.
1: Well, yeah, that's is that greek or is that hebrew
0: maybe it's hebrew yeah well since it's in the old testament it would be hebrew yeah (laughs) yeah
1: yeah so so titus has some qualifications for elders as well um this is titus 2 1 through 8 it says but as for you teach what accords with sound doctrine older men are to be sober-minded dignified self-controlled sound in faith in love and in steadfastness show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may not be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Um, so, excuse me, I, I guess this isn't necessarily talking about um, uh, about qualifications for elders in general. Um, the reason that I wanted to, to, to go here in Titus 2 is simply um, about what we said earlier, is that the roles within the church are not about competency. They're not about ability. Um, God blesses women with teaching ability as well. Right. And But I wanted to bring up these verses because it specifically talks about women teaching here, and it talks about it in the context of teaching other women, right? And children. And, yeah. and, and children. And immediately... Immediately after that, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind—it's says to be submissive to their own husbands. So even so, these are not contradictory things, is what I'm trying to say. Women are able to teach; um, they're able to teach in their own ways, right? They're able to teach women and children, um, and along with that, they are to be. It, it, I mean, it, it's just complimentarily, uh Complementarily. Right, Did I pronounce that I don't know, um that they are to be submissive to their husbands, so he's not here saying to Titus that women are are to teach and therefore be over their husbands. no, they're to teach women and children and therefore be submissive to their husbands, and not that women can't correct can't correct their husbands <laughs> that's not what he's saying either again there's there's. The reason I laugh is because that sounds so ridiculous. But I I yeah. think there are people who who can be abusive with this and and interpret it that way. That's not what it's saying. Again, we we referenced um, Priscilla and Aquila how they took Apollo's off to the side and not in a public space, like you know, denounced him, but taught him. I I think
0: they gently if, corrected him exactly. and they did it together.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I think. Often if a wife feels unable to um, address something that her husband says or does um, properly, as in like if she does not feel comfortable like calling him out in a personal way, like pulling him aside and and Mm -hmm. attempting to address something, that often says more about the husband and his relationship with his wife than it does about the wife herself. Now certainly you can have people who are just loud and embarrass people and you know like call people out. you know there there are rude ways to call out your spouse like I'm not you know I, that that is sinful as well but I'm just saying like again don't husbands do not abuse this and say that your wife can't correct you like no they, your wife can see things that you can't And that's part of the marriage relationship is to make you, to sanctify you.
0: Well, and don't use submission as a tool to rule over your wife. Yeah. That's not what submission is. Submission is not her being under your thumb. Um, Submission is not... uh, doing whatever you say. Um, submission is, I would say it's not even if the two of you are at an impasse about an issue that she just has to ignore her convictions and go with whatever the husband says. No, I don't think that that is submission. Um, I think that submission is respect, number one. Mm. Um and submission is a willing a willingness to love and serve and respect your husband mm-hmm. because of the way that he loves you that's how submission works it's not a no matter how your husband acts you just do whatever he says because you're because he's your husband that's not, how, that's not how Paul lays it out in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. Because yes, he talks about women being submissive to their husbands, but he also calls the men to love their wives like Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. So men love your wives <laughs> as Christ loved the church mm-hmm. and submissiveness will flow out of that.
1: Ought to, yes,
0: sorry, I just wanted to make that clear because submissive submission, submissiveness can be used as a very bad word, and it's yeah. not. I mean, Christ in his flesh was submissive to the Father, like he was our ultimate picture of submission, and we've done an episode mm-hmm. on this, so yeah, like <laughs> can refer back to that, yeah. um. So Paul calling women to be submissive is not a degrading thing whatsoever. Um nothing that Christ exemplified for us is degrading.
1: Right. So the the section that is actually the qualification for elders and overseers is actually in the the chapter previous to that, yeah, Titus one. 1. Um so t- t- starting in verse five, he says, this is why I left you in Crete so that you might be, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. He says this so much simpler so much simpler than I did earlier. Like, <laughs> there is order within the church, have multiple elders. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, verse six, if anyone is above reproach, okay, so that's the first qualification. That's a pretty high bar already. The husband of one wife, again, using both, genders there husband and wife not reversing them um and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination Um, For an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. So there's a lot there. Um, We're not going to go through every single thing. Um, but what I do want to note outside of the things that I already noted is something that we've said on this podcast before is that it's not that men, it's not that every man in the church can possibly become a pastor or an elder. Um, this is a very
0: high bar. Most human beings in general, no matter if you're male or female, Mm -hmm. don't live up to this list. Right, right. and i certainly don't live up to this list well
1: and i think it's it's very um it's unpopular nowadays but i think th- it's it's important to actually like go through this and and determine the qualification i think there are a lot of people leading churches today who don't stack up to this qualification now certainly there are things in here that you can debate and discuss like, what does it mean that his children are believers? You know, does that mean his grown children are all still in the faith? I don't think that's necessarily what it means. Um, But that said, I mean, when we took a look at the verses in first Timothy that talked about not teaching or exercising authority over a man, one of the things that Paul specifically says here at the end is that then overseer must hold firm to the trustworthy word so that he may be able to give instruction, i.e. teach in sound doctrine and rebuke those who contradict it. So he's saying that elders need to do those things that he tells Timothy that women are not to do. Right? You need to be able to teach. You need to be able to um, exercise authority to rebuke those who are teaching wrong things, and when and and Paul doesn't speak out of both sides of his mouth, the Holy Spirit did not inspire um, contradictory things. Um, so, while we again don't believe that women can be pastors, we also don't believe that a majority of men can be pastors right. either. So um, it's not. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking of other things. Um, it's not that we're women hating, patriarchal, <laughs> you know, maniacs just attempting to, you know, who are indoctrinated by the, our patriarchal society. No, we believe that God knows what's best and that He set the parameters for His church, especially how He ought to be worshiped in His church and what that order that he has given us, like we hold to it. And I think it has implications for all of creation. Again, not that all men are over all women in a in a form of, of authority. I'm not saying that, but um, I do think it has implications for things like how a household ought to be run. And again, they're detailed, like not every household's gonna look the same. Don't take that from what I'm saying um but i do think that leadership or excuse me headship is something that's given to to men within the household again christ is the head of the church not a right. man um and and so there are principles like that that carry over so
0: so there are some other arguments like there being prophetess prophetesses in scripture or deborah being a judge over Israel, that people use to justify women exercising spiritual authority. Now, I think that you have to um, define prophecy in order, um, in order to make a firm argument on that, um, mm-hmm. because the people who were prophets or prophetesses didn't have spiritual authority they God spoke through them clearly to people. They were not interpreting what God said. God used them to speak clearly to his people. What we have with pastors and elders today or spirit or people who we would consider are in offices of spiritual authority, we have all of God's word and their job is to interpret it mm-hmm. soundly, basically, is how their spiritual authority works. Prophets and prophetesses weren't, um, what word did I just use? <laughs> weren't interpreting They were, Mm -hmm. they were just giving the exact words that God had told them. Yeah. Um, and also, well, with the, the example of Deborah, um, she was a judge. Right. Judges don't have spiritual authority. Mm -hmm. They judge based on the law and they give commands and bring people to justice based on the law. They are there to uphold the law mm-hmm. is what a judge does. Yeah. Um, they're not there to interpret scripture and have spiritual authority over people. Hmm. That's not what that office includes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not a dispensationalist, but I don't think you can draw an analogy from a completely different context like the judges and say that that's the role of a pastor in the church today. Like, no, those are two <laughs> completely different things. Um, I, yeah, I agree that Deborah had some form of leadership for the people of God but that doesn't mean that pastors, like, you can't extrapolate that from that particular context in the life of Israel to the the modern-day church. And I say modern-day, like, now that Christ has ascended and has given us his word. And
0: established the church, yeah. Yeah,
1: and given us the order of, of the Christian church, like, that, that doesn't follow. That just because Deborah fulfilled that role at one time, that therefore... All women everywhere should be pastors. (laughs) Sorry, that was not very charitable of me. Um, Yeah, that that is a very extremely uh, thin stretch that you're pulling there. So especially when confronted with the scriptures that we've read tonight um, that, again, I think are pretty clear. All right, well, I think that is enough for this evening. We've uh, gone through a couple little passages of Scripture and given our interpretation. Hopefully, we have been convincing in some ways. But if we haven't, if you have questions, if you have stuff that you want us to talk about or address, you can reach out to us. Our email address is so sotalktomepodcast at com. We are on Twitter. Our handle is so underscore talk to me. We have a Facebook group for the So Talk To Me podcast, and we're also on Instagram. At So Talk to Me podcast. Before we head out for the evening, do you have any recommendations or anything else that you'd like our listeners to hear?
0: Pastors and elders didn't exist in the Old Testament. God was the ruler over the Israelites.
1: It's true. He used people, there were priests, though. Yes. Mediaries. Right? Is that a word? I don't know. I'm tired.
0: <laughs> I don't have any recos though. Oh.
1: Yeah, the only one I had was the, that that all star in Aramaic. That was good stuff. And I'm sure, actually, now that I've mentioned it, there are probably other things that have been translated to and from Aramaic to make them more poetic. Just everything in King James version. That'd be fun. All right, guys. Well, until um, next time, till episode ninety. We'll we'll see then. Go. Talk to your spouse.
0: Yeah.